Lingua Britannica is a podcast that uses ethnographic interviews to study language use in the extreme metal community. We are studying a music scene known for its love of themes and topics generally considered offensive, and it is likely that some episodes will touch on topics or opinions some listeners may find tasteless or ethically problematic. Ethnographic researchers aim to adopt the interviewee's point of view so that we can draw out and study the attitudes, beliefs, and practices that are important to them. We want to make it clear that in presenting these conversations here, we do not endorse any of their content. Our aim is to explore the thought processes behind language use in this long-running international and yet understudied scene. with me, Jess Crook, and my co-host, Wes Robertson. Hello. Today, we're talking to Gary Brents of Memorage. Thanks for being with us, Gary. Hi. Hi. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a, a blast uh, to be here, and uh, th- I appreciate the opportunity to be talking with you guys. Oh, thank you. We appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Um, yeah. We normally, though, start out by asking people kind of how they describe their music, but uh you're quite actively and unapologetically labeling your music as new metal. Uh, this is our first episode yes. uh, where we talk about new metal. Uh, awesome. <laughs> so for many people, though, new metal isn't just like a genre. It's it's something that's kind of locked into a very specific time period as well. So mm-hmm. what does it kind of mean for you to be making new metal in 2023? Do you view it as kind of a revival or is it a continuation? Is, has there been like a a new metal scene over the last decade plus that I think, you know, maybe a lot of people missed out on. Um, I, I would say it's a, maybe a little bit of both, but I definitely consider it more as a revival and perhaps a reinterpretation even um, uh, from my lens, um, just from growing up with it. Um, I would say kind of in the past year, or, or I should preface with like I grew up with new metal in like the mid mid to late nineties and sure, yeah. early two thousands, and then me and you know a lot of other people, of course, kind of got out of it, got into heavier heavier stuff. Um, you know, it's sort of kind of always seen as a gateway uh, genre. Um, but with that said, in the past year, I kind of re uh, ignited my interest in it in a very obviously uh, meaningful way by making this album uh, project. Um, but during that time, like during this past year, I had been kind of doing deep dives on not only the old or, or original wave of it, but also like, hmm, what what have other people been doing in this genre for the past like decade? And there kind of has been a bit of a movement um, the past 10 years, not, you know, super popular, obviously, but little inklings here and there. With that said, I don't I don't think that I'm necessarily following or adding onto that uh wave of it so i would say uh definitely more of a revival uh, approach hmm. so like what motivated you to, to engage with that revival then yeah oh that's a great question um so i would say nostalgia was definitely the first uh-huh. um defining factor or or uh cathartic feeling that i had um, and it kind of started last year. Um, there's kind of different points of the nostalgia that 
led to this moment. Um, like one of them was kind of watching the Woodstock 99 documentary uh, that that uh, came out last year on Netflix. And mm -hmm. while watching, I think it was around this time last summer, uh, I was watching it and just kind of seeing like corn on there and like some of the other bands it sort of revived a feeling um from when i was a kid like like, like in 1999 um i was uh, uh 11 12 years old um but i you know i wasn't able to go to woodstock obviously but i was aware of it and like oh that's cool i wish i could go to that wish i was old enough um so watching the documentary sort of revived the feeling of 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 my enjoyment of of new metal in that era so that was sort of the the spoke uh, the, the nostalgic spoke number one the next like spoke in that um feeling was the social media account craziest moments in new metal history oh yeah uh, yeah, I them, yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's uh manned by um this guy holiday kirk a, a great like kind of journalist guy um also a musician but he's really like uh I guess taken the wheel of uh, the, the this new metal. Per, perhaps you know it is a, a, a revival, um, and just seeing this account just over time last year, I was like, wow, this is very interesting. Like kind of revisiting these old music videos that I grew up with, these old like live videos that never got to see or never got to you know go see these bands. Um, but it was like, wow, I was like super into all of this. I had like a huge cd binder of all of these bands all of these albums and stuff so then that just kind of bubbled up and i was like you know what i'm just gonna like write a new metal song <laughs> and and then i sent it to him because he would he would post uh newer bands that, now they weren't all necessarily new metal they they're just aggressive music you know sometimes maybe new metal ish but none of them embraced it and i was like Man, I gotta send him the song that I just made, and it, and it's uh it's track one, uh, memory leak on the album, but at that time it was just that song, and he was like, send me an email of the song. I was like, okay, and then he posted it, and I was like, wow, this is like entering the zeitgeist of what he's doing here <laughs> with, <laughs> of uh yeah crazy ass moments uh, in new metal history, um, and so that was like kind of the the light bulb moment where I was like, oh, this is not going to be just this song. I'm going to make an album. So all of last December, I just spent the whole time uh, thinking about memorage, thinking about what's what's going to go on into this album. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, in featuring you on a podcast that's especially focused on metal music, we're yeah. kind of uh, inadvertently, accidentally uh, taking a stance in the heated and, as we recently found out, still ongoing debate of whether or not new metal could actually be classified as a metal subgenre at all. Uh, oh, yeah. In your personal yeah. view, uh, where does new metal fit within the broader metal genre? Oh, man, that's a really good question. So I'll, I'll kind of approach this from different perspectives uh, historically. Uh, there was a time... Um, and it's a very long gap of time or or span of time, I should say, from like 2003 up until last year, I really didn't consider it part of the metal canon or metal uh, sphere, but kind of reinserting myself into it uh, from a fan's perspective. And then also as a creator, 
perspective, I think that it does belong. It is obviously different. It's obviously kind of in its own weird melting pot of a lane um, in, in relation to metals history. Um, so I think that in in the grand scheme of things, I think it does belong. Um, obviously, it is is largely in an acquired taste uh, genre subgenre of metal, though. No, I mean all 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 metal genres are an acquired taste, right? That is true. No, that's a good point because there's a lot of people who don't like like death metal or black mm. metal uh, or mm. even like thrash. Um, but like, I I love all of it. I got into all of it. Uh, but yeah, you do make a good point. Power metal. I know a lot of people who hate power metal. I I like power metal too, though. <laughs> hmm. Well, when you were first getting into new metal, whether like you know as a kid or you know during this kind of revival that you've been uh, experiencing recently, like yeah. did you pay attention to the lyrical content? And like you know during those two different mm. periods of your life, did you have kind of different insights as to the kind of lyrical trends or tropes that you associate with the subgenre? Oh yeah, um, I would say so. As a kid growing up with it, I definitely did read a lot of the lyrics, and you know maybe not fully understand what's going on in all of them but you know kind of the because they're very most of the time interpersonal so it's like well I can hear that they're angry and or sad or you know there's some kind of anguish uh flowing through the the the, the vocal delivery with the type of lyrics they were um I guess with that said I I didn't want to uh come from that mindset with my own lyrics uh just because i guess like i didn't i've never really been big on writing metal music with interpersonal lyrics with that said i appreciate it you know everyone's got their own way of venting um but i guess yeah from my point of view i wanted to sort of flip the script and approach it from a completely different uh point of view where it's more conceptual um or even uh, in in my case like it's a science fiction kind of album which new metal has i i don't think really ever done um at least not that i'm aware of i know like static x their mm -hmm. their lyrics you could say are science fiction-esque um but uh you know not necessarily like concept like concept albums power man 5000 oh oh that's a okay yes yeah that is true you know that that is a good one they do kind of have their own um niche within the new metal zeitgeist yeah yeah okay but yeah like there there really isn't a whole lot that i can think of mm -hmm. uh outside of them and like static x yeah okay well i guess like in your mind though broadly mm. is there a stereotype of like new metal language that sets it apart from mm. say black metal language death metal language thrash metal language um yeah. and if so what do you think it is and even if you you know, avoided the personal and went more sci-fi. Do you think this new metal language influenced the way you approach the lyrics for Memorage uh, compared to the mm. other products you've done? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I, I would say probably at the top of the list that I when I, whatever I think of in new metal, no matter how you approach the the lyrical writing, um, or or from a fan perspective, is angst. Angst mm -hmm. is probably yeah. the number one thing. Um, now my like kind of interpretation or um utilization of angst within the con the sci-fi concept is that yeah there is definitely angst in the lyrics but not necessarily from me like as a person more of like a character in this like 
you know, sci-fi concept or like within any given song, that character in that song, they're expressing angst. Yeah. Hmm. That's really interesting. I mean, you mentioned earlier that you also, you know, generally kind of avoid writing interpersonal lyrics. Mm -hmm. um, how does that um, affect, you know, your kind of broader perception of, um, you know, extreme metal lyricism? So like, you know, one of the ongoing debates that we've had on this pod podcast is whether or not mm -hmm. extreme metal should be uh, kind of escapist fantasy entertainment or mm -hmm. like this kind of genuine expression of like uh, an artist's like views, politics and identities. So yeah, where do you sit with this? Um. I, I think pretty much all of like any any of those approaches are are definitely valid. Um, you know, it I, I guess I do view metal in general um as kind of an escapist uh, genre and as a creator within metal. That's where I personally um feel my lyrical strengths are or or like my affinity for metal. Uh but with that said, um I, I think it's a perfectly valid genre to even outside of new metal like within maybe the other subgenres uh in metal i think that interpersonal lyrics are and can be very important to utilize is is escape are escapist lyrics ever entirely um escapist like are there is it possible mm. do you think to write lyrics that are not in some way personal yeah is this binary false yeah 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 oh. <laughs> that's a ooh, that's really a good insight or a question um you know, yeah, I think so. Because in a way, so it's like there, you think, there's you think emotion. It is, it is possible yeah. to write. I think it is possible. Okay. I think it is. Um, I guess it really depends on what what the content is or what the point of view is even. Um, but I, I think it is possible. Hmm. Would you say that your lyrics are completely removed from like a message you want to convey? Or is, or is it on kind mm. of more of a spectrum? I would I would say a spectrum. Um, so sometimes more uh, emotionless uh, or per, or yeah, not not personable at all. And then there's definitely kind of on the flip side where there there's a little bit of it blended in there. Maybe um, you know not not full tilt. You know, mm -hmm. obviously not fully interpersonal, but there there's definitely some of it in there conveyed in the in the lyrics in the concept. Mm -hmm. Well, moving then broadly to the lyrics that you've written uh, so far for the album that's already out and the album that is uh, eventually going to be out, uh, the second mm -hmm. one, you've released uh, notes about the background for the songs of your albums. You send them to us, you post them on Twitter. Uh, yes. And there's clearly, you know, uh, you even mentioned it here, but uh, we want to stress that there's a, a very strong sci-fi theme. Uh, you mm -hmm. mentioned mechs across multiple songs. You have yeah. songs based <laughs> on sci-fi movies like Fortress or games like Quake. Um, mm -hmm. One has a quote, strange cybernetic moth-like alien. Uh, there yeah. are two songs involving sentient characters in video games, at least four songs themed around androids, and a number of other songs that involve space or space travel or, or uh, interplanetary conflict. So mm -hmm. I guess, first off, why did you draw on science fiction and space as kind of your primary metaphor for this project? Um, I think kind of a... There's probably a few different motivations. So I guess like growing up, um, I had like kind of two older cousins who got me really heavily into into sci-fi, uh, fantasy-based games uh, and or movies, um, and and uh, to be to be specific, mechs for sure, like uh, the franchise Robotech or Macross. 
Um, so like they they would show me this tabletop version, uh, tabletop game version of uh, the Robotech franchise. And I would say I could pinpoint that that um, game and, and franchise was like maybe the most uh, pivotal or impactful uh, intellectual property on me, like where I was just fascinated by the subject matter. Um, and I know like that franchise in a nutshell is essentially a space opera with with flying robot with mechs. Um, so like that's resonated and stuck with me like all like for many years. Um, so I kind of wanted to, I guess, yeah, uh, reinterpret that uh, or, or, you know, base songs off of that um, uh, love for for uh, for that franchise. And, you know, obviously other sci fi stuff. So I guess in general, it's just like a nostalgic thing, uh, a fascination with it. And um, I like world building. Like, I, I just love world building within lyrics. That's really interesting. So are you combining kind of two sources of nostalgia then? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 you could say that. Um, yeah, that's interesting. It, it, that's true. It's sort of like two very different times of my life. Not not too far off. Like, so. So I guess like the 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 bubbling creativity and and interest with the sci-fi stuff and 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 the mechs so that's like my early like actual child childhood, um, which you know carried on through years. But then like new metal obviously was like adolescence. You know I'm like 12, mm -hmm. 13, 14, 15 those years. So it's almost like now like the with memorage uh, in my mid 30s I'm like combining yeah I'm combining two different points of nostalgia uh into one thing hmm. do you think um new metal and sci-fi are particularly well suited for each other like we mentioned that you know not a lot of bands have done it but do you think yeah. there's like something that makes the two link well um to to be honest I actually don't uh okay. so oh. it, it, it yeah it, it at least uh it's a challenge. I would say it's a challenge. And and maybe that's why that most bands or artists maybe didn't combine or or introduce a lot of sci-fi themes. I think inherently new metal, you know, kind of does rely on the interpersonal angst. Um, but when you get into concepts, I think it's because maybe people didn't want to or 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 know to to blend uh the emotions within a sci-fi concept um i mean i don't know for sure uh but i feel like that was the case and that sort of from my perspective was like a cool challenge it was like oh can i actually like write this kind of stuff within new metal without it being too um i don't know what the word is i guess like cheesy uh i mean you know anything sci-fi can be seen as cheesy depending on who you are um, but I didn't want it to be like, oh, this is like a pure, like, you know, not there's there's like no anger here. There's no emotion. Oh, you know, I want people to say, oh, there actually there is anger in this. There's emotion in this. Um, so I guess, yeah, it is a challenge. So would you say uh, new metal is a um, stereotypically a, a, a low concept genre? <laughs> I, I I will have to say that as a as a lover and uh uh rediscoverer of new metal mm -hmm. i i would say largely it is a low concept genre um which you know that that's fine it, it there that it is what it is um but maybe memorage is sort of a, a fork in the road in this revival uh like i said reinterpretation uh, a reshape of maybe 
maybe some more bands and artists might be interested or inspired by oh you can do this within new metal okay let's let's try that yeah well in addition to the sci-fi songs and the video game related songs you do have a song about merfolk which you said is inspired by the game mm. magic the gathering uh specifically yes. the Shadowmore plane where merfolk called marrows or murderers and thieves mm -hmm. uh do you think that new metal welcomes these kind of quote-unquote nerdy topics in a way that other metal genres don't or is it more a question mm. of approach rather than topic like is there no limit or boundary at all across the metal genres um I, I think in general, there there really isn't a boundary. Yeah, it, it's really all about the approach and kind of the delivery, you know, depending on the creator or creators on how they uh, execute their, the the delivery or the bl the blending of these like nerdy topics within any any given subgenre of metal for sure. Yeah. You're actually like the um, the third person we've talked to that explicitly uh, plays Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Okay. Surprisingly common. Yeah. 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 The second wow. person that referenced it in their lyrics and the third person that, that <laughs> plays it. And I'm sure there are more where it just didn't come up in the interview. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Why nice. Why do you think, like, I don't know, what's what's is there, what's up with metal and... and is Magic the Gathering Magic's, metal? Yeah. <laughs> so why do so many, so many metalheads play Magic the Gathering? Do you have any insights into this? Um, I... I think I do. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll even sort of uh, sidestep. Uh, it, it's totally related. Um, I had a, a death metal project prior to Memorage called Salomoth, and this ran from uh, 2016 uh, uh, to uh, 20, early, early 2022. Um, and the entire uh, uh, lyrical landscape of that project was Magic the Gathering. It wasn't like memories where I'm picking from so many different things, intellectual properties or like my own creations. Um, that project was, you could say a fan fiction of Magic the Gathering where I used like uh, types of, you know, species or, or characters and, and planes uh, within the Magic universe and then made up my own storyline to that. Um, with that said, yeah, during, so kind of during those years, I would come across so many other people in, into metal and magic together um and I, I i think it's sort of just because like there's a um what's the word like magic is sort of tangential to like dungeons and dragons mm -hmm. which historically i guess has always been linked to like i guess metalheads um and i'm not really sure why i think it's actually maybe it's because of the escapism um and like like the like metal from the 80s um or the metal in the 80s that did write about escapism were like drawing on like swords and dragons and, and fantasy wizards and stuff. And, and I'm, you know, positive they were influenced by Dungeons and Dragons. So sure. I think carrying on um, uh, Magic the Gathering coming out in the 90s and then really, really getting popular in the 2000s, really just the past, yeah, 20, 25 years. Um, has always had this link with metal and it's i've i've always found it fascinating yeah hmm. well along similar lines um i mean you've talked about how your lyrical exploration of kind of sci-fi context is particularly kind of driven by this desire to reimagine new metal and kind of take it in a direction that it hasn't um been taken before mm. um but i wondered as well though i mean to what extent are you actively trying to um challenge or avoid 
um, a lot of the kind of problematic stereotypes that have been associated with new metal. Because of, of course, although mm. displays of ag- aggression and masculinity can be found in all subgenres of metal, um, sure. these elements are often considered very central to new metal. Um, mm-hmm. And you know. Um, People like Mike Shinoda of Linkin Park have recently kind of come out and said uh, that the band initially struggled to get signed because their music and lyrics didn't reflect the kind of toxic masculine tough guy shit um, that the subgenre has been associated with. So, yeah, we were wondering, you know, was your choice to explore these kind of sci-fi fantasy contexts in any way informed by a desire to kind of explicitly move away from the aggressive masculinity that many acts from the late kind of 90s and early 2000s were known for? Yeah, um, and that's a great observation. I I would say like immediately that was like the biggest uh, motivator of that. I yes, I did want to avoid that because that's hmm. just like not me as a person. Obviously, like as a kid, I didn't really understand what exactly sure that yeah. was. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you know a lot of people didn't, but all these many years reabsorbing it, reanalyzing, it, it's like oh yeah, I don't really vibe with those lyrics um i like the music but i didn't vibe with those lyrics um so yeah i think it was it was definitely um an immediate move where i was like yeah i do want to avoid all of that kind of negative stereotypes that were associated still associated with the genre yeah we definitely comes out in the woodstock documentary for sure (laughs) that you mentioned earlier so right there's a little bit of a little bit of toxic behavior that yeah there's a there's quite a bit, actually. Yeah, just a, you know, a small amount. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, talking about your lyrics in in specific, uh, if we look at all of your songs so far, there's definitely a preference for the first person perspective in how you write. Mm. Uh, mm. On the first album, eight out of the eleven songs use I, and one of the ones that doesn't involves we heavily. And on the new album, six out of the ten songs that have lyrics also use I. Uh, mm-hmm. Why do you think you lean towards the uh, first person approach? I think it's um it's it's almost like I guess I guess since since the a lot of the original new metal did speak in the first person, I still wanted to retain that perspective. Um and then you know obviously change up the themes and everything, but I wanted to retain that personal aspect. I guess that's sort of the the interpersonal um uh, percentage that that I'm using where I'm, I am using a lot of the, the first person view. Um, I think maybe to sort of further elevate that level of escapism for like the listener, for an individual listener, you know, listening to it, may, maybe reading along with the lyrics. Yeah. So uh, is the eye ever like representative of you, given that like, mm. you know, you are kind of talking in the like fantasy context, like does it actually represent like your identity as an individual at all? Or, or are you always kind of inhabiting oh. a character? Um, I would say, yeah, I'm kind of like cycling through the songs in my head. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, yeah, I think it really is all like kind of ca- through characters. So where it's hmm. like, I'm me as as doing the vocals, it's uh, I'm just a vehicle for for the ideas, for the the lore, for the stories for each song. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what about uh, the opposite, the use of you? Because um, in contrast to I, the words you or you appear on your sorry, you or your appear on your first album hmm. just 16 times, but 41 oh, yeah. times over 100 percent increase on the new album. Uh, are you aware hmm. that you've almost like not more than sorry, doubled the use of you on on the songs you've written uh recently and what might have brought about this increased uh number of references to the 
uh, listener, or at least this increased perspective of that you're singing to someone. To someone, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess I hadn't really thought about that. Um, but I w- going into like this next album, I knew that the approach, I guess, was to bring a more sense of urgency. So you know, when you say you and your your is, it's almost like a call to action. You know at least immediately when you're when you hear that in music um especially aggressive music so i think that that kind of was just the spark was just to bring a more sense of urgency um elevating it compared to the first uh to the first album's lyrics hmm. well like obviously on songs like dive as we mentioned lyrics like mm-hmm. uh, blot, yeah. uh, blot you shape uh shape you forfeit your flesh uh, your old flesh um are from the perspective of murderous merfolk uh, to their victim mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, is there a specific you imagined here, like a specific you kind of mm. character? Um, and what about lines like we died for nothing, disintegrate for you, uh, or you don't understand pleasure, you don't understand pain? Are these all just in service of the story? Um, I would say that's a, oh, that's a fantastic question. Um, with uh, the last one, like on on the song that's going to be called Anywhere Else, that that one is... I guess the you is like the authority from the uh, the movie Fortress that that song's based on. So you could almost say maybe it's um, parallel to uh, to the the what do you call it the the elite you know the elite people of the world where the mm-hmm. yeah um, basically the incarcerators. Uh, is sort of the you in that song so it definitely kind of i would say that's a parallel um even though that song's based on that movie um the i would say the other songs though really are um immersed in like the that specific songs uh landscape like mm-hmm. storyline mm-hmm. Well, another broad trend in your writing is that you seem to abhor using the past tense. Uh, besides the song mm. Lost, which opens with Lost crew of explorers were horrified when their ship was badly damaged beyond mm-hmm. repair in a crash landing on a prison planet, and then continues telling the story from the past. Uh, you lean towards a very active approach. You have songs that open with lines like, everywhere I turn, there's another error code. I'm running through a factory. I'm stuck on a ship. Disembark mm-hmm. into the unknown. I set off on a journey through time you and your team sent to find the hive or hyperdrive into a distant corner, which are all set in the here and now as if the song is happening, like as the, mm, the events yeah. are happening as you sing. Right. Uh, what is the goal of this active framing? And what do you dislike about stories or at least about writing stories yourself, which are in the past or finished or done? Oh yeah. Um, I guess cause it's that, that almost like adds to that sense of urgency to where like, I want all of these songs to convey um that that this is happening now like every time that that someone would want to put these songs on it's like oh this we're we're it's like they're getting into this um amusement park ride of of every every one of these songs like this like this whole album is almost like an amusement park and all of these are like these different rides that you get to uh immerse yourself in so i i definitely like to rely a little bit a little bit more on the present tense yeah to just give that feeling of immersion why is that urgency and immersion important for you in that way? I mean, you can get mm. immersed in a story in the past, right? Like there's lots of stories that that's true. in the past tense that are immersive, right? That's a good point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you know, I I guess I hadn't really thought of that. I I do tend to like the now for for that reason, but I guess um yeah, I don't really know why. May you know, it may be tied to uh what like probably some of even like corn's lyrics, early lyrics where they would say like now or they they would have a lot of present tense uh perspectives. And they were like my first favorite band growing up. So that probably had a lingering effect on my approach there. Yeah, I, I actually hadn't really thought about that or analyzed that. I, wonder, I mean, obviously, we, did, we only we didn't look at a bunch of other new metal bands lyrics, but um, <laughs> we didn't. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, but just trying to go off my memory because yeah. um, like I was also a teenager once. Um, <laughs> it feels to me like maybe there is a bit of I don't know is there much past tense in new metal like I'm I'm thinking like not to my hmm. knowledge I mean like I'm trying yeah, to think yeah. like yeah corn songs particularly corn I think songs seem probably what tense, lives, yeah. yeah even though they're yeah. about yeah. the past right true yeah true. um and like system of a, like they're trying to build a prison now right uh, no, right the spiders all entombed now mm-hmm. uh yeah I'm trying to think of like I, even yeah, like death tones yeah um hmm is the genre like is the new metal genre in like the like is it like a present tense genre? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fascinating. Um, you know what? Maybe it is. I I think in general, it is. Yeah, it's like always wanting to be in the not always, but but primarily wanting to be in the here and the now. Um, and maybe perhaps looking looking ahead as well. Uh, does it have what, something what to do with that is. angst you were talking about earlier? Like, does mm. the like does the emotional like expression of like angst and anger feel more visceral if you're talking in the now versus in the past? I believe it is. Yeah, because it's almost like um, it, from if you're a listener and and you're trying to relate to mm. any, any any given song, you know, especially within the new metal landscape. Yeah, I think that maybe the here and the now feels more relatable as you're listening yeah that is interesting though i'm just like running lyrics to my head and like i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure there are some like i'm sure there I'm, yeah there's gotta there be must there's be, gotta yeah. be one like there's that mm-hmm. mudmaid song about like ed gein right that has to be in the oh like, like dig bury right. me that's in the like i can think of death metal songs in the past like right off the bat black metal right at the bat yeah that's oh, yeah funny. yeah like they you know, like have a reverence for well, the yeah. power. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. I think the first Cradle of Filth song I ever heard was Her Ghost in the Fog. And that's like entirely oh, the past yeah. tense, right? Yeah. Um that was my first uh gateway band uh uh after New Metal Cradle of oh, Filth. No, I was, oh, oh, oh same. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I, I was <laughs> yeah. I was obsessed with them. I, I still love them. Yeah. I'm mean, I mean, I'm not sure what people where people put slipknot <laughs> on the boundary, but yeah, no, I remember um uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For me, it was Midian Chess. For you, it was Damnation of the Day, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. It was like, it was Midian for me too. Yeah. They're like yeah, that's that's cool. <laughs> it, it's it is a. I mean, for all the you know, Dimu and them get a lot of uh, a lot of on the internet or whatever. But right. I don't think I don't yeah. think there's been any bands that have probably done more for bringing people like across into uh, more extreme metal. More extreme yeah. Stuff. yeah. Yeah. I agree. Facts, yeah. 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 And That's I still, I'll still jam Median. Median's a great album. Me, yeah. it's one of my favorites, an all timer. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, getting back to your lyrics and talking more yeah. about kind of tropes of new metal. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, one that I think everyone, um, even people who are very peripherally aware of the genre, um, are kind of aware of is um swearing. 
Um, and you mm, don't shy away yes. from swearing in your lyrics. Um, you do yeah. have 15 fucks on the first album, <laughs> nine on the second, uh, including mm-hmm. two motherfuckers, uh, yep. three total uses of shit, uh, and three dams, if we're going to mm-hmm. count that as a swear word, um, including mm-hmm. in combinations like, you know, God fucking damn me. Um, so first and foremost, what do you think um, swearing adds to your art? Um definitely angst for sure (laughs) i I would say that is probably the most um connective tissue to the to the original new metal wave for sure um so and i guess maybe beyond that um relatability if 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 you know Mm. the listener is angry um and and that and they swear they they may probably want to hear some swear words you know maybe maybe not as many as like Slipknot self-titled, which I know has like a lot, a lot. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to omit them. I wanted to, yeah, have at least some uh, to kind of bring some of that connective tissue from the original wave. Well, it's interesting. Cause like, I mean, I suppose that's one of the things like based on the interviews we've done on this podcast, it like mm, separates mm-hmm. new metal from other subgenres of metal, <laughs> given that like we've seen a general trend, like away from swearing in the other kind of extreme metal genres. Right. That's funny. Yeah. I guess it, it it almost like really has only stuck within new metal, like it or or perhaps like stayed, yeah, with new metal. You know, sometimes you might hear it in death metal, yeah, um, like more brutal death metal, especially. But yeah, that it's pretty fascinating. Well, we like I, you kind of answered the next question we have, but I just kind of want to hmm. like phrase it just to confirm because um like obviously you know swearing is very familiar in new metal uh choruses like you fucker get up come on down get the sickness or famous uh corn single <laughs> yeah. adidas is well known for you know repetition of of various words um but like we did check out some of your other projects and uh yeah. the one you mentioned karen karenir yes yeah uh for instance you only use three fucks across the albums portals to a better world and perpetual despair is the human condition like those two albums only yeah. have three which is much less than uh, either of your current albums. So like, Mm. do you think that there was pressure to swear more on, on a new metal project? Like, like, was that in the back of your mind? Yeah. yeah, In the back of your mind, in the way that you've done a lot of genres, you've done a lot of projects. Did, do you think you swore more on this project because it's a new metal project? I can say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There, I, yeah. As as much as I don't want to admit that there was a, 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 not peer pressure, uh, genre pressure. Uh, mm. There was a there was a genre pressure uh, in the back of my mind. Like as I was writing the lyrics, um, I would get to the parts where where the there were was either gonna be or not a swear word, and I was like, hmm, I think I have to say fuck here. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'll just be frank. I was like, I think I just I think I that's just the word that fits here uh, to convey. Mm-hmm. uh the angst so yeah yeah there was a genre uh historical pressure for for the that approach and does that affect your actual selection of swear words as well like why do you think like mm. fuck comes in so frequently but mm, shit appears yeah. more rarely and then why do other swear words like cunt or crap not appear at all <laughs> um maybe i think maybe like maybe my personal taste in my uh, swear words in general um i guess i do tend to gravitate towards fuck um in, in like personal verbiage uh like if maybe i'm angry or or excited what, what have you mm-hmm. um so i guess it's sort, sort of just like my personal attachment to if i were to use swear words um 
and I guess also I think that fuck is maybe in my opinion the strongest uh within a musical context uh mm -hmm. of a swear word yeah hmm. yeah it's interesting yeah is there a boundary you mentioned like adding swear words from the pressure but have you ever cut swear words because you were like ah oh, this is mm. this this song just swears too much um no actually I didn't come to that point yeah um and it, this sort of opens up like my approach uh with with lyrical writing um so almost all of the songs uh, on the first album um I would almost simultaneous simultaneously record my vocals as I'm writing the lyrics which is interesting kind of on the fly and a bit improvisational like I have a, a an outline obviously with the the lore of a given song um but I'm almost like practicing or rehearsing with the record button on and I'm recording lines and I'll listen back and almost audit myself and be like hmm yeah that doesn't fit and so that's what what led to like the insertion of of the swear words mm -hmm. um but I within that i didn't come to a point where i uh had to take any or wanted to take any out or anything like that yeah does that point exist though like is there mm. too much i think so actually um at least from my perspective it like let's say if i were to get to that point uh down the road or anything um i think if i did it too much it would take a, a little bit away from the escape escapism approach of of the song of the concept of whatever song um any given song yeah oh wait so like it's like too much swearing removes escapism i think so um Why? um because it's like well i guess because there's <laughs> there's only so many words that i can put <laughs> into a song but it's like i i want to convey just enough of the angst to where it's not like combating with the the sci-fi element i i guess that's sort of like the the internal motivation it's it's like i want to have the new metal links but i i really want to maintain the the sci-fi element and like the verbiage that's all swirling within that you know whatever that content uh, uh is hmm well, this kind of relates to our next question, which is kind of about your um, vocabulary choices, I guess, in, in mm. a general sense, sure. um, because yeah. this project does tend towards like relatively straightforward vocabulary. Um, yeah. We didn't yeah. we didn't see any words that the average um, listener like or English user wouldn't understand. Um, mm -hmm. And there's kind of a tendency for um, kind of either mono or bisyllabic words. Mm -hmm. um, you know, reek, for instance, has only three words over three syllables um, and mm. they are hardwired, uh, saturated and disbelief. Mm -hmm. uh, far from obscure. Um, and the new song, Structural Damage Capacity, has a weighty name, um, but has just five of those kind of multisyllabic words, dilapidation, um, trepidation, entrapment, claustrophobic, and disintegrate. Mm -hmm. um, so is, is this a new metal influence as well, or do you just prefer kind of more accessible lyrics? Uh, and if it's the latter, why, why is that? Um, that? That's an interesting question. I actually think it's a, a mix of both. Um, mm -hmm but maybe it is relying more more on the on the on the former to where it's like yeah a lot of new metals lyrics are uh understandable and like almost immediately like oh yeah i know i know what they're trying to convey here um so i think it was predominantly inspired by that you know um but there is definitely a mix of the latter to where i guess it's sort of because like my vocal approach um like as i'm recording 
I want to keep the syllables fairly like precise, like there's almost a bit of a science to it where I don't want to get a, too um, out there um, syllable wise. So it's like, yeah, I'll have to maybe rely on simpler, uh, simpler words here. Yeah. Does that track with your other projects? Because you've done, I mean, you've, you've had, you've had death metal projects, you have black metal mm -hmm. projects, right? You've done a lot of things. Um, do you always go for that kind of simpler approach or in those genres, do you hmm. tend towards uh, larger kind of more obscure vocabulary? Thinking back now, um, you know what? It actually is all or has all been pretty, pretty simple um, now that I think of it. And I think it it ties in with kind of what I said with like my vocal approach or or how I uh, exert uh, certain vocal or certain words. Um, so it's almost like I want to stay within what I know that I can do uh, syllable wise. Yeah. So actually, it has all been fairly uh, simple. Yeah. When you encounter like metal bands using, you know, large multi-syllabic obscure words uh does mm -hmm. that is that like a turnoff for you in the music or do you enjoy that but just not for your own art um i do enjoy it yeah um actually i find it pretty fascinating like when when a vocalist uh lyricist can pull it off um uh danny filth you know <laughs> has sure, yeah. been been yeah. shown to do that um and i've always admired that i've always loved reading the booklets um and and hearing like oh wow okay that's impressive or like what is going on here um so yeah no i, I do find it fascinating and do enjoy it uh, as a listener hmm. well one major metaphor that appears across multiple songs um is uh, the human head or brain uh so three songs mm. mention brains uh, including unsurprisingly the track <laughs> brain world um mm -hmm. five mention uh the head in lines like head is spinning uh a chip in my head replace my head and blood first head last um, mm -hmm. And the word mind appears uh, 19 times on top of that. Um, mm -hmm. So do you know why you frequently return to the head, mind, or brain as a kind of locus for different parts of the story? Um, I, I, I guess sort of uh, by tying in with uh, the, the the project name Memorage, which is sort of like, um, uh, what's that word? Like a, a portmanteau of, mm -hmm. uh, of memory and hemorrhage. So it's always like a central theme uh, um, among you know all no, no matter what the sci-fi theme or what what I'm pulling from um, I guess yeah the, the the head and the brain and the mind is kind of something I always want to be as a motif across um, an album why though oh um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> why yeah um, I think I, I find it fascinating to where because it's like you know it's like the central part of a a person or or a being mm -hmm. uh the brain so it's almost like in time with like the meaning of the of the project name memorage which is essentially and uh, in the grand scheme of things it's almost like uh it's like a huge data leak that's happening out in a, a science fiction universe and it's causing like all these events to happen and those events are all these songs so it's like memorage is like it's like this big brain that just that is just leaking uh so so that's um i guess why yeah <laughs> to to tie back to the 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 central theme of the project name and the, i suppose that's the central theme of like your like lyrical inspiration as well right your memories mm -hmm. that's true yeah, yeah, um, wow. the, yeah. perhaps <laughs> the cool. yeah, like the nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. Um oh, and I guess 
I I am have been known to be a very nostalgic kind of person. Um, like even in my other projects, some more, some less. Obviously, Memorage probably being the absolute, you know, end of the spectrum. But yeah, yeah, nostalgia. Well, what about the concept of like body horror more generally? Because you don't shy away mm, yeah. from this in your lyrics at all. Um, or right. lines like awake to the sounds of steel on steel and bone cables, like whips, craze, lashing out of control. Any human flesh yet? I'm a device now. What kind of purpose? Uh, are those just in service of a story? Or is there a reason that like damage or alteration of the human body is a regular theme that comes up in your songs? Um, I think this sort of stems from my fascination with watching so so not only the, the sci-fi movies i grew up with but i i may have started a bit too young watching horror movies uh, i'll admit <laughs> <laughs> in 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 the 90s um so it kind of really stems from that and just like m maybe it's me like almost sort of processing it uh, as an adult like way later it's like my uh my perspective of what i saw in these movies like hellraiser you know that's one of my favorites um first couple mm -hmm. of movies um so it's like yeah i guess it's sort of a maybe it's a morbid fascination um yeah is it just does it just end there though is it just like the body being disassembled is gross and and icky and morbid and metal or like is it mm. does it serve as some kind of uh is, is it like a metaphor or uh some kind of message that you are trying to convey through the concept of the deconstruction of the human yes actually um so this is this could also be seen maybe as morbid too um but i've always had this fascination with like and, and a lot of like movies and like tv sci-fi tv shows have covered this kind of concept um to where like if we ever get to the point in human history where we we can actually leave our flesh and but still be uh, quote unquote alive or sentient aware, mm -hmm. what have you, whether it's in a machine, um, data, uh, or or a, a human like body, but can't expire or can't have ailments or mm. you know whatever uh, diseases injuries. So I guess. Um, yeah, it's kind of stems from that. Maybe that in itself is like a fear of death. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Wait, wait, like depicting mutilation is a fear of death? Kind of, yeah. Um, or, or maybe like coping with like it's almost like a coping mechanism hmm. where like I can I can write about this um in this uh world that I'm making here or you know, portraying here um yeah you could say it's almost like a coping mechanism well what you're saying is actually connected to like there has been like some research on that like um mm. kind of saying that like uh in the modern era because we see death a lot less like just based on like how our oh. societies are kind of organized like we just see like mm -hmm. physical representations of death isn't something that we like you know especially in the like australian american context you're not necessarily seeing like you know death in a very kind of visceral way anymore yeah. um, oh, that yeah. we actually crave these images like of mm. death so that we kind of feel I don't know connected to actual real life cycles real that world. kind of thing yeah, yeah yeah I yeah actually I I think that that ties into it too where it's like it's almost like um we're we're or I'm trying to 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 portray what what I'm 
what we're not seeing anymore or seeing yeah. less of. Yeah, we're seeing less mm. of. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's almost like I'm converting it to into music, into music yeah. form. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like metal, not just new metal, but metal in general um, mm. welcomes this kind of portrayal compared to, say, other genres? I think so. Um, and I think just because of the aggressive nature of the music, mm-hmm. um, although I would find it interesting if it were con- like if if literally these exact same lyrics uh, that, that I've written were used in like a pop form, I, w- I actually would be very intrigued by it. Um, but I do think, yeah, it, it tends to, f- to, I guess, hit better or, or resonate more in metal. Hmm. So moving to kind of things that are rather odd in your lyrics that don't come up a lot, but still feel distinct. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. We noticed that in the song in Cerro, you suddenly introduce uh, phrases in Filipino or Tagalog, uh, such as Naipit sa death seat or something like stuck on the death seat. And apologies to anyone who actually speaks this language with my pronunciation, because I'm sure it's wrong. Um, And Pakawalan Moako, which is let me go. Mm -hmm. Uh, So why did you decide to introduce non-English languages into your music? Yeah, um, I'm I'm glad you picked up on that. Um, So I'm uh, I'm half Filipino, um, which is sort of, you could say, half the answer. Um, (laughs) uh, I guess. But the reason why, like, you know, I could have done this and other things, Um, I guess, is sort of like. I wanted to kind of give a little bit more representation of that within a new metal context um only because like when when I was growing up and like getting more into new metal one of the like one of my uh I guess discoveries you could say was uh the Filipino new metal music scene which is extremely underrated um like oh, there's wow. this band, yeah there's this, yeah. Yeah. Okay. not a lot of people do um but new metal was and actually kind of still is a big deal in the philippines um it's fascinating it's fascinating uh this band slap shock i could say they're probably the biggest uh new metal band there i I don't know about metal in general but definitely the biggest new metal band there um there's a couple others too but but they kind of resonated with me uh you know as a teenager and you so basically you could say this was like kind of a tribute to to inch towards that way i i can't speak it like completely fluently just like phrases here and there that i learned from like my mom grandparents um relatives and stuff like that so it's like i guess it 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 is a bit of a non sequitur to to throw it in there so it's sort of me throwing like an easter egg of like yeah this is just like kind of part of me um have a little taste (laughs) oh my god dude this slapshot band they have um they have songs with like 5 million listens on Spotify and I've never even. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, it, I'm sure, you know, probably maybe you know, a little bit more of a, of a following in, in, in Asia in general, but sure. I know, I know that there, there's a bit of a cult following in the U S for them too. Um, but they, they just never broke through like a way, you know, into like the American, um, zeitgeist of new metal. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So is that little yeah. Easter egg there for any of the like fans of the Filipino like new metal scene? Yes, it is. <laughs> it, it absolutely is. Um, and I guess it's also sort of a, awareness uh, where it's like, hey, I, I'm I'm half Filipino. I'm making new metal. Um, 
come mm-hmm. find me, you know, like, <laughs> I, I'm here. Um, it's sort of a bit of a call to act or call to attention even, but, but definitely a tribute. It's like, mm-hmm. Hey, there's some rep- representation, representation here in the modern, uh, new metal revival. Yeah. Why only on one track then? Why, why is there something specific about the song in Cero that, that made it feel like Filipino was, or Tagalog was appropriate to it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, so the 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 word cero or cero is uh, also Tagalog, and okay. um, yeah. So that that was kind of the thing where I came up with the song theme based on that word, and I was like, okay, well, maybe I should actually have a, some Tagalog in there, not you know full fledged, but just a little bit near the end. Um, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And sorry, what does cero mean? Oh, um, it's, uh, so it's, uh, well, basically nothing or z- zero. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. Minute, but it had no meaning. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> how yeah. Did you, no, how it, do you theme that song around a word that has no meaning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but basically translates to zero or like, or nothing. Yeah. Mm, okay. Oh, okay. It's oh. fascinating. <laughs> yeah, okay, I didn't yeah, expect that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, a bit of a curveball for sure. Yeah. 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 No, the Filipino. All right, so I'll 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 give the Filipino. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to like check this out. Yeah, yeah. I, won't, I won't promise I'll yeah. do it for more than 10 minutes, but I will give it a listen. Yeah. No, not sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, I I, w- I will say like a lot of it is a bit of rough around the edges. Um and you know, I don't revisit it as much as like the you know, like some of the other like the American heavyweights or you know what have you, or, or even like like non-American heavyweights like Soulfly, mm-hmm. um, whom I love. Um, but there's there's like definitely uh, a nostalgic charm, you know, there goes that word again, uh, that I have with uh, the Filipino new metal scene. It's just, yeah, like, it's just surprising. I've always associated new metal with America. Like, I don't... Yeah. 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 I, there are exceptions, Soulfly mentioned, but like, I don't... There's no, like, new British wave of new metal, right? Or like, the or Norwegian Australia? new metal really scene. Australia? Yeah. yeah, like... <laughs> oh, you know, okay, we, yeah. Like there's That's no, fascinating. There's, as far as I know, there's no like, I mean, maybe there was, but I yeah. don't know, like a Japanese new metal boom or anything like that. Uh, so um, like there kind like, of was actually. There was? There was. Um, I, now, I'm not as well versed in it. I'm just aware like a little bit, like I actually can't really name uh, that many bands. Um, well, okay. The Mad Capsule Markets. Now they oh. shifted. They kind of shifted. They weren't like purely new metal. Maybe one of their one or two albums. Yeah, but, I guess. But, so, like Maximum yeah. Hormone, kind of. But like they were always okay, doing, right? But that was a lot of like, stuff. That was that stuff was a bit like like more fusiony and weird, right? Than yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. No, um, I see. I see Mad Capsule Markets though. I didn't even. I, I yeah. forgot about them. Yeah. They were kind of really, actually, very underrated. Um, I feel like they should have been bigger. Um, just based on how interesting they were. I almost kind of saw them as like a Japanese static X in a way. Mm. Um, maybe a little bit more creative, a little bit weirder, experimental. But yeah, that's that's just the one that I think of. I'm well, sure yeah, there were more. I'm, I'm just surprised to hear that like the Philippines of all places had a big scene. Not just, I mean, yeah. one, it's kind of a small place, but also just right. like, it's weird to think of new metal for me at least, even, and it might just be my ignorance, but like as an international genre. Right. I, you know, I do agree um because it's it the genre really does feel uh like this is an american thing mm. <laughs> this is a, yeah. this is a this is a byproduct of an american music mindset approach everything um so it, i i have always kind of found it fascinating whenever i have found um international new metal um you know out, outside like soulfly 
um like actually there there was a really good um french new metal scene which is very surprising and i i did not know of it back when it happened i learned of it in the past year um there's a band called playmo uh, p-l-e-y-m-o and apparently they are kind of the laughing stock of the of 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 people in france um who are like into metal in general Mm -hmm. um but i love them they're they they were almost like it's so hard to pinpoint them like they they really had like two full-on new metal albums and they kind of changed more like alternative uh kind of post-hardcore a little bit but their first two albums through and through new metal it's almost like early deftones early limp biscuit and and surprisingly there's like mashuga riffs in there it's okay. wild um now i why i enjoy them a lot more than like say uh limp biscuit is because the lyrics are in french so it just <laughs> it just like yeah. i don't you know like i i will say i didn't really love limp biscuit even growing up and i Mm-hmm. I I don't love them now. I appreciate them for their new metal uh uh historical mm. uh value, I guess. Uh but I've never just I never really liked their their lyrics. They kind of graded on me still. Um with that said, Playmo, I don't know what their lyrics are, but it sounds cool. So it, like hearing French like I mean I can't speak French, but it just hearing that in like the the percussive new metal vocal approach, it's fascinating. It's hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It'd be really interesting to see like why yeah. these like um yeah, why these bands have kind of like sprung up in parts yeah. outside of America just because like a lot of the like writing on new metal, like the academic writing tends to hmm. like talk about new metal as a specific response to like a, you know, a time in American history um right. where there was all of this kind of like masculine suburban angst and stuff. So I'd be interested in mm-hmm. like how um, you know, new metal is then kind of like reimagined and like kind of conceptualized within like the mm. uh, like space, these spaces kind of outside of that um, American context. Yeah, um, I would love to learn because I, <laughs> I actually, <laughs> I, I don't know how like these scenes formed there, you mm. know, may, maybe initially it's like their fascination with like they came across the corns and Limp biscuits and and, and all that. Um, you know, during the late nineties and wanted to emulate, maybe, yeah, emulation, like, you know, they were just fascinated and then, yeah, reimagined it. Um, I, I, I would like to see like a, a legitimate documentary on it or, or an article, something. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Cause like, I mean, I- I- emulation is obviously there, but you know, death metal and thrash were, were pretty American when they started, mm. like, you know, the, uh, right. Florida, California, yeah. but yeah. within a year or two, they were global, right? There are bands, right. there are bands from around the uh, world popping it out. And it didn't seem like new metal, new metal had a, a good decade of, of popularity that outstrips, like, I'd say most of what death or black metal have ever been doing. Yeah, far more in terms of sales. Yeah. yeah. But right. they never, they did not, despite having that, they did not seem to like, like produce international scenes of the same size. And I didn't no, now, obviously, I, I, we didn't prepare this question at all. I'm just thinking off my head. But <laughs> yeah, it seems odd to me absolutely. that the most, one of the most financially successful genres of metal's history mm. failed to develop like international uh, bands uh, to a huge yeah, extent. To a huge extent, for sure. Um, and I'm I'm not sure why. I mean, I think maybe just because in general, new metal was and is like an American byproduct music scene um you know e- even if there are you know 
legitimate scenes outside of it i guess it just never stuck like like mm. why it's like why did those international scenes not break globally um like really only soulfly did like they did world tours but outside of them i i don't even think like like the french band playmo did um i mean if they did i i, I don't know i don't think so mm. um so it's like yeah how how did that happen how or why did it not happen <laughs> mm. yeah huh I wonder, yeah, I wonder if it's like the most American metal genre as, as disappointing as some <laughs> American <laughs> Right. It's like, yeah, that's so funny. It, and I've always thought, and, until you've said that, I've always kind of felt like thrash was like the the American metal genre. I don't know why. Well, I guess, yeah, you know, the, the Bay Area sure. scene yeah, sure. um, or like the uh, like New York thrash scene. Uh, but may, maybe it's new metal. That's as funny as it is to say that. Yeah, I mean, thr thrash is a definitely American start, uh, but yeah. but nowadays there's no there's no dearth of of thrash metal bands mm, like right. everywhere. Mm. And everywhere. Same with death metal too, like y'all yeah. especially. Yeah, yeah. But but it's yeah, wild. There's, yeah. There's no like Swedish, you know, new metals. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> or like you know, yeah, like uh, yeah. Not like a scene's there, worth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there, yeah. There, there, there was no Australian new metal scene, right, Jess? Not to my knowledge, I've never heard of one. Yeah, so I, I don't think it was. You know, I don't think it was. I don't a thing think yet. I know one. Um, I'm gonna have to ask Holiday Kirk, who runs the okay. cra crazy ass moment, because I'm in his like Discord. That's mm -hmm. that's uh, it's definitely on the nose, but it's his thing. It's called New Metal Agenda. Um, and whether <laughs> oh, no. whether whether how serious he takes that or not, I don't know. But I'm I'm here for it. I, I okay. support him because you know he he inspired uh, basically inspired Memorage um, or was one of the inspirations. But with that said, I'm gonna have to ask him because he has a, a crazy depth of knowledge of of new metal, uh, especially outside America. Um, in fact, he he's how I learned of the the French new metal scene, um, and like found like you know like that that band Playmo and stuff. But I'll I'll ask him and say, hey, do you know? if there was an Australian new metal scene mm. or, or even not even a scene, but like a band <laughs> even. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. hit us up if he tells us that we're wrong and we can put a little, yeah, like, please we, can, we, can add yeah. we can add them a line that like this entire conversation was factually incorrect. And yeah. there actually were a number of massive new metal scenes around the globe, but none of us knew. Uh, right. So apologies for wasting your time. This, was, this, this, this discussion was a bunch of lies. <laughs> oh man. That's funny. Well, I guess uh, to, to kind of move back to to get close to the end of what uh, we're talking about for your lyrics, there's one new metal thing that isn't really in your lyrics that we mm. found, and that's uh, rhyme. So, like, new metal is not a stranger oh, to rhyme, as right. evident in well-known lines like, you know, Corns, sometimes I cannot feel my face, you'll never see me fall from grace, something takes a part of me, you and I were meant to be, or mm. like, system of down, wake up, grab a brush and put a little makeup. But you don't really rhyme almost at all in your lyrics. Why do you avoid this technique which is obviously no stranger to new metal itself um i i would say it was just a purely a challenge thing i wanted to see if i could do it um because it's funny i in my like my other projects i actually relied or maybe not relied but but definitely had a, a decent number of rhyming uh rhyming schemes and with with memorage i kind of just wanted to approach it from like a challenge like can I can I do this with without much rhyming? Um, with that said, I would like to incorporate some more of it um, down the road um, to sort of like 
say that oh yeah i can do that too <laughs> i can i can do the rhyming thing too but but early on like almost to kind of set a um yeah like a, a personal challenge uh, i wanted to avoid uh heavy use of rhyming so it was conscious it was it was yeah why this project like did it have anything to do with um the project being new metal or was it just like i'm tired of using rhyme and it happens to be what i'm making this project um I actually think it's more of the latter. Yeah, where it was like I relied on or used it maybe a little bit too much and it, I kind of got maybe a bit tired of it and it kind of lined up with like, oh, well, now I'm I'm going to be making new metal. I'm expected to have rhymes, um, you know, and I, there, there's some, but it's like, OK, this is the time to challenge myself uh, uh, with lyrical with lyric writing. Yeah. Hmm. Well, um if we can ask you potentially a very difficult question, um, given sure, everything we've yeah. talked about, sure. um, what could you tell us about the kind of role of lyrics in Memorage's music and in the extreme metal genre very broadly? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say the role is it's, it's like, a, uh, okay. For, so for Memorage, uh, a conceptual vehicle, first and foremost, um, to tie with the music and you know like we've said um heavy on the sci-fi themes and you know musically what like if you think of sci-fi you might think of like electronics or like weird effects weird sounds and there is some of that um and there probably will be more of that down the road um in future future albums but lyrically i want that to sort of carry the the uh yeah the sci-fi theme the vehicle of the project um now i guess like in in metal in general um it might be more of the same thing where depending on the genre or band or whatever or subgenre um i i see it as like painting a picture to the music um whether it's the escapism or or the interpersonal um or or even political um it's like putting a face to the sound that's how i see it putting a face to the sound yeah but like, 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 well, okay. Yeah. Like you're almost like it's a, instead of a graphic novel, like it's like almost like the graphic uh, audio uh, for lack of a better term uh, where like the, the music, at least from my perspective, that's kind of what you're focusing on. And then the lyrics are like the, the pictures to every, to, to the soundscape, to the world that the music represents, I guess the details. Yeah. That's really interesting. Just because like, within this metaphor you, you i think like you you tend to think of it in the, the reverse right <laughs> oh okay yeah it might just be my perspective yeah that, no, I, that's it's, how yeah, I, it's, yeah it's totally valid yeah. and very, just very interesting i haven't, I haven't heard oh, it described in that way before <laughs> oh okay yeah. yeah um yeah i guess that's that may be how i've always uh viewed music in general uh especially metal or aggressive music yeah well, that's very interesting. Thanks. This was a, a, a really unique discussion. We, yeah, I, I don't know. Super we've fascinating. Never, we yeah, we never had a new band <laughs> on. I don't know if we'll do it again. Like, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, aren't yeah. that many out there, right? So in, right. in 2023. Uh, but yeah, thanks very much. It's It's been a, a crazy nostalgia trip in a way. Um, yeah. My, I mean, yeah. speaking of you know, the entire theme of your band, I guess, but uh, <laughs> right. uh, fits. You know, going back and remembering <laughs> all the stuff that, that was out there. Uh, yeah, so but like the first album's already out, and it's been getting some. Uh, I've seen some some very positive, you know, uh, 
chatter about kind of take it back when when is the yeah. the newest one gonna come out and uh hear hear the next step in the new metal progress um i i would say so i don't have quite a date yet but i i definitely want it to to push into a 2024 release even though yeah. i'm like conceptually done you know lyrically and, and like compositionally um i want to take my time kind of gathering like the guest appearances uh from from that period to the complete like you know 100 done stage um so that might take up the rest of this year um you know like i i'm personally done but but you know i want to gather like the guests like djs of course you know mm. i gotta i gotta have that and that can take a lot of time uh just depending on workflow and people's schedules so we'll say maybe this time in 2024 yeah maybe springtime we'll see spring or summer Especially like the um the some of the scratching on the the first album was actually one of the um uh, like one of the most nostalgic elements for me. Yeah. Oh <laughs> it was yeah. Like, I was like, oh yeah. right, yep. There's scratch. The, that's new metal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. That's the right. Yeah. Right. There was, and it's I funny. That. Yeah. That <laughs> it's funny that you say that because when I was um uh done with the first out, like kind of where I am right now with with the second one, where like guitars bass drums vocals on my end are done and and that's it i i would listen to the album and i was like no this isn't actually done because it's missing the dj element <laughs> and mm. um and so that was like uh another phase of like okay um i gotta do some soul searching here and you know reach out and and i found a couple there those two djs on the album uh spread out and you know that uh thankfully came to fruition and and you know when i got those in i was like yep this is through and through a new metal album you cannot deny it now <laughs> <laughs> well where is the best place for people to keep up with your releases yeah so uh memorage.bandcamp.com uh, for for that project specifically mm -hmm. and then kind of an overarching uh, uh bandcamp a separate bandcamp page um is lilongisla.bandcamp.com uh l i l a n g i s l a and so that page is it may appear to be like a like a record label page but it is not it's sort of a page <laughs> that i use as like a, a hub to host all of my projects past mm -hmm. and present okay. um, obviously memorage is at the top since that's the newest um but yeah that's where where you can find pretty much everything if you want to dig into into the past or or you know keep up with what i'm doing awesome we'll have both of those links in the description awesome Cool. Are you doing anything um, like non-new metal at the moment, or is is new metal hmm. the the current focus of your like artistic? Uh... Um, I would say it it is the focus, uh, but I do have kind of some other things in the pipeline. Um, where it's it's they're all also in the stage where I'm at with the second memorage album where I'm like waiting uh for like guest appearances and stuff like that I, I I guess I'll say like I'm constantly writing so I have like a lot of things in the pipeline and and so stylistically uh like one of those albums is albums um I finished in 2021 but I'm still waiting for like the rest of like guest guest appearances and stuff like that to finish it and that album is it, it's for uh Karen Air and it's uh a, a bit of a spoiler it is going to be our, that project's last album and it's kind of like a post-metal 
blackened sludge, blackened hardcore, post rock even a little bit, um, kind of uh, heavy, like really just massive sounding album. Um, so I've been sitting on that for a couple of years. Uh, you know, hopefully that comes out maybe next year. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, other than that, I am also working on. Uh, believe it or not, an electronic pop album. Um, so there's there's no no metal to be found on it, at least for now. Uh, we'll we'll see. Who knows? I might change yeah. my mind. But uh, at at its foundation, it's like a glitchy electronic pop album. Um, maybe that could be next year too. We might see a trifecta of uh, wide ranging sounds from me next year. Um, but yeah, I, I would say Memorage is definitely like my top focus. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. Yeah, exciting. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah. yeah. No, no, likewise. Um, this was a really, really fun chat and an interview, like just top to bottom. Um, it was like a huge honor to be to be on here with you guys. <laughs> thank you so much. Very kind of you to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to Lingua Italica. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope you stay tuned for our next episode. Before we leave, we just wanted to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay respects to their elders, past and present. Mm-hmm.